If you have a Bible, I want you to open up to 2 Kings, verse 6. That is in the Old Testament. That is in the beginning of the Bible. That is on the left side. If you open it up, go, well, go that way because it's opposite. I'm up here. I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, I've been missing live. I've been missing actually teaching. I feel like I haven't been able to be here in a long time. And so uh, I am pumped about what God's going to do tonight. I don't know if any of you guys got a virtual reality headset deal for Christmas, um, but my son got one and he's three. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa, he's four. I apologize. I hope he's not watching this at home because he tells us now um, he's not a little boy anymore because he's four. So my bad, bro. Uh, but Ayler got a virtual reality headset thing. And the way it works, you guys know, I mean, I got to put my phone in there and he does it all. And, you know, it's, he thinks it's like amazing. He can jump out of airplanes and swim with the sharks and do all this stuff. And he like falls over and I feel like he's being dramatic. But that's virtual reality. And then there's also this thing that you guys know about. It's called augmented reality. I mean, it's only for those that have the real iPhone X. Um, that's how it works. And somehow the Lord blessed me. And uh, I actually um, got to play with some of the um, augmented reality. So let's just talk about the difference real quick before I show you, uh, before I show you my house and the plane that went through my house. Uh, virtual reality, as you know, it's a little headset thing. It's kind of like you get to swim with the sharks. And augmented reality, so VR and then AR, is where a shark actually pops up out of your purse or your wallet and it just boom. And here's the deal though, is that what it is is just showing you things that really aren't there to begin with. And so watch this video. This, this is my house, don't judge me. I did this yesterday. Uh, this, this is um, inside my house. Here's the airplane and uh, don't, 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 that's not my Lulu bag on the left. Um, look at this. That's me controlling it with my phone. Okay. Going around. Here it comes. Watch out. That's so cool. Look at it. Look at that thing. I'm doing that, by the way. Not now, but yesterday. In my house. Woke up the whole family. The plane in the house. Don't you, it ran into, I'm not very good, by the way. And then just land the plane like this sermon. Boom. Land the plane. Thank you. Thank you. I've been so stressed about that because that is really hard. Okay. I did that like 28 times to make it because every time I like crash into my light or my wall or, and then Ayla's like, let me play. I'm like, no, you're a little kid. You're four. And so um, uh, Pokemon Go. Y'all know about Pokemon Go. That's, oh, oh, it's too old now or I don't know what you think about it. But that is augmented reality. That is augmented reality where, man, there really wasn't a thing there, but really it's there and we didn't even know it. Like those little, whatever those things are, okay, pocket monsters, okay, <laughs> hanging out like in the middle, like they're there, but they're not there. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And we look right here in 2 Kings chapter 6, starting verse 15. And before I read it, I want to tell you what happened before we get to verse 15 is uh, there's a king that's really, really mad and he wants to kill this prophet 
named Elijah. Okay, so that's what's going on. King gets mad like, this guy is saying all this stuff. He's making this stuff up. He's prophesying. He's saying things are happening and he shouldn't be. He's not doing what I'm asking, so let's go and kill him. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God, okay, so, so this, this prophet had a servant. Must be nice. When the servant of the prophet of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning. So he got up, he's making coffee, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's getting the paper or I don't know how they did it back then. And so as he wakes up, he's an early riser. That's a cool thing. So he's a servant, he's the man. He goes outside and he notices an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Can you imagine? You wake up tomorrow morning, you're just getting ready to go to Westmo. And you, <laughs> and you wake up and you look outside and there is the United States Army surrounding your house. You're like, oh great, Harvey, part three. You know, you're like, what is going on? Why is the army, I mean, that is what happened right here. So he wakes up and he, he sees not just an army, but he sees this army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And look at his response. His response, oh no, my Lord. Okay, that's his master, that's the prophet. What shall we do? Great question. Verse 16, he wakes up, Elijah wakes up, kind of, what's going on? We got horses, chariots, guns, dogs. It is scary. What are we going to do? And look at his calm response. The prophet's calm response. Don't be afraid. Underline this if you're taking notes and if you have your Bible or if it's on your phone. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Physically right there in the house are two people. Outside is an army full of people. And look what the prophet says. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That word more is so powerful. Verse 17. So Elijah prayed. <laughs> and remember, he's pretty close with God. So usually what he prays happens. So Elijah prays and he says, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. What did God do? The Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Maybe we need to pray the same exact thing. Maybe you're waking up in the morning or maybe you're going about your day or maybe things are happening in your life and maybe it's not armies and chariots and those sorts of things, but, but, but maybe possibly it's just you're having a hard time with whatever that is. Or maybe you feel really alone right now. Or maybe the enemy is telling you that you're a loser. I, I, I don't know what's going on. And, and you're looking around and, and, and all you're seeing are all of these things that are so negative and are so bad. And it's like, I can't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And Elisha prays, hey, God, open his eyes so he can really see all of the angels that are surrounding us at this time. Elijah says, open his eyes so that he can see that what is with us is more than what is with them. Maybe that's what we need to pray as well as that, man, we need to have our eyes open to truly what God is doing, even though we can't see it physically, 
in this reality, but we do know that God is with us. But sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we let this world and everything that we're physically seeing right here get to us. There is so much more going on than what we see every single day. And we have this quote right here. Check this out. It says, we are not human beings having spiritual experiences. As Christians, we are not human beings having spiritual experiences. We're not. We're spiritual beings having human experiences. You're like, what? As a Christian, I just want you to know that we don't stay here very long. There is so much more going on than what we can physically see. And how many times do we go about our day and go about our life and we forget that truly God is all around us and God is taking care of us. This past Sunday was, one of the, was the hardest day of my life, this past Sunday, three days ago. My sweet daughter, Copeland, she's one. I came home from church, she'd been really sick, and I pull up into my driveway and I open the garage. My wife hears the garage, she stayed home from church and took care of Copeland. And she runs outside and she is holding this one-year-old baby, my daughter, in her arms in the garage. And she is lifeless. And my wife is crying. And I jump out of my car. And I've got the two other kiddos that we just left giggle and jump. They're so excited. They want to go tell their mom, but they see their baby sister not responding. And Erica tells me, I call 911, I'm waiting for the ambulance. And I grab Copeland and I just start praying out loud because I don't know what else to do. And that is a very rare moment for me. I normally know what to do in situations. But when I'm holding my daughter and her eyes are in the back of her head and she is not moving, only thing I know to do is to pray. In the middle of that prayer, I tell my wife to run across the street where we have a sheriff that lives and bang on his door. He's not there. We have a, another special agent that lives around us, and we go and knock on his door, and no one's home. And we're just waiting and waiting and waiting for this ambulance. And then all of a sudden, a sweet friend who's an ER nurse pulls up into our driveway. I was like, who is this human? And she says, and she takes Copeland from my arms, and she lays her down on our couch and starts working on her. And then she says, I'll stay here with the two older kids, take Copeland right now and go to, the, go to the emergency room. And so the fire truck is coming and I stop, I stand in front of the fire truck, like in the middle of the, the, the access road and say, hey, I have this kid, can you take her? He says, no, you need to go. I said, great. And I am sprinting down I-10. This was Sunday with my wife crying and my daughter still out of it. I'm looking over at her and her eyes are in the back of her head and she is not moving. She's breathing, but she is not moving. 
I call the hospital. I say, hey, I just want you to know I'm, I'm coming in and I'm coming in hot and you better be ready. And I get in there and I, 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 <laughs> I go in the hospital and I act like I own the place. I just want everybody to know. I start talking and then I'm praying at the same time and, I'm, and I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm like taking over the hospital. I run the place now all of a sudden and I'm in there and, and then they, they take her and it's a stressful situation. Fast forward to today, right now, she's, she's doing a, a lot better. She'd been having seizures in her crib, and those seizures wore her out so much that she was just out of it. She had a few more seizures at the hospital, and she's just has been very sick. And that was a very, and it still is very, very, very hard. And parents, you you are with me in this, seeing the one that you love so much. And the only thing that I could think about, and I don't say this because I'm a pastor, I don't say it because I'm on the stage, I don't say it because I work at a church, I say it because I have Jesus Christ. The only thing I could think about was, you know what? God's got this. That's the only thing I could think about. No, I could not see God as I was going 105 down the highway. No, I didn't see God whenever I walked in, ran into the emergency room holding my daughter and saying, hey, I just called you on the phone. Someone take this kid and, and help me. I, I didn't see him. He wasn't there like, hello, I'm here. No, that didn't happen. I didn't see him when I was pulled up in the drive with my daughter and, and my wife was holding her and it was a, a horrible moment right there. No, but I knew the entire time, no matter what happened, no matter if the ultimate worst happened and I had lost my daughter that day, if that would have happened, horrible. But God, period. And students, adults, people watching this online understand that we, at times, we go through extremely hard times. But in those moments, the reality is, is that God is with us and we just need to open our eyes and our heart. And the cool thing is, is that I'm looking to a bunch of people and that's how you're living your life. But there's also a few of us that we need to be reminded and you may need to pray tonight, God, open my eyes to really see what's going on. Truly, faith Faith is believing in things you cannot see. That's faith. Faith enables us to see God's invisible army when everyone else around us can't. And that's what's happened here. By the way, my daughter's doing better. She's at home. She still has a little fever. If y'all could pray for her and pray for my family, that'd be awesome. But she is doing better and she's gonna be okay, praise the Lord. Verse 18 as the enemy came down toward him, Elijah prayed to the Lord. Remember, he just prayed that the servant would wake up and open his eyes. And then in verse 18, as the enemy came down toward him, Elijah prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. <laughs> I mean, there's hundreds of them coming to get Elijah. You're looking at the blinds like, Lord, blind them. Okay, all of them, wham, all of them. Right there. He strikes him with blindness. Verse 19, Elijah tells him, hey guys, 
So he walks outside. I'm, I don't know if he walks out. He might have been outside. I don't know. But the MHV, the Michael Head version, says he was looking at the blinds, and then he opens the door, and he walks outside. And he's like, hey, y'all at the wrong house. You messed up. You meant to go this way. Okay? So it says that they're blind, but really, truly, they're kind of dazed and confused. All right? They're kind of like, what's going on? I don't, I don't, you know, you've been there. I mean, maybe you have, but... Elijah tells them, this is not the road and this is not the city. You messed up. You made a wrong turn. Follow me, you blind fools, and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. They're like, okay, let's go. Follow him, you know? And they're like, we're at the wrong place. I told you we took it right now. They're arguing. They're following Elijah. Verse 20, after they entered the city, Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and there they were inside Samaria. They were inside the middle of everything. And they're like, oh no. Because now they're in the middle, and they're surrounded by an army who wants to kill them. I mean, can you imagine? You're, you're on a war path to, let's get out! You show up, you're like, what happened? You're at the wrong house, at the wrong house. Go to this place, okay, let's follow this person. And they get to that place, like, and then open their eyes. Open their eyes, like, whoa, you don't know what happened. You have no idea what happened. Verse 21, when the king of Israel saw them, the king of the space they were at, when he saw them, he asked Elijah, do I need to kill them? My father, shall I kill them? For those of you who are into prophecy for future things, I would underline that and research that right there. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do was said on the cross by Jesus. This is a foreshadowing moment to that. Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Verse 22, don't kill them. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set foot and water before them. What? Can you imagine? Like, these people are here. You get to, it's like, it's like a, an ant pile right here. And you just want to, like, mess with it and, like, throw water on it and do everything to it. And they're like, don't touch it. Like, <laughs> like how do you not touch the ant pile? Like, you just want to, you know? It's hard. And, 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 and Elijah, whoever this prophet is, says, don't touch it. Who are you? What? Get food for them? Okay, water. Prepare a feast in verse 23. So we prepared a great feast for them. I mean, this guy is powerful. Elijah's blinding people, opening eyes of people, re-blinding people. It's crazy. Verse 23, so he prepared a great feast for them. And after they finished eating and drinking, he sent them away. And they returned to their master. And so the bands from Aram, a huge region, stopped raiding Israel's territory. He didn't say, yeah, let's fight. He said, no, 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 no. Let's love them. Elisha saw something that nobody else did in this moment. He saw God. He saw him. 
Psalm 23, verse 5, says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That verse is a crazy verse for us to think about. Let me read it again. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. It doesn't say prepare a table for me with you, God. It doesn't say prepare a table for me in heaven. It says, no, 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 prepare a table. By the way, the verse right before this is, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And David is going through a very, very hard time. A lot of things have been going on in his life. And at the end of, the, of this, he says to prepare, he says that God prepares a table before him in the presence of his enemies. Now, I don't know how he worded it. I don't know how he said it. Like, you prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies? I don't know. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be around my enemies very much. I don't want to hang out with them. I don't want to high five them. I don't want to eat dinner with them. I don't want them to watch me eat dinner. I don't want to be around them. But you know what God says? Even though those people are putting you down, even though you have those thoughts, even though you deal with these things, even though all these things are happening, I just want you to know that I have prepared a table. Those people, those enemies are not invited to sit with you at your table. And at that table is not food, is not water, it is me. It is the word of God. And whenever you feast on the word of God, your eyes become open to all of your enemies and you're not worried about it because all you're worried about is eating and hanging out with the Lord. That's the reality that we live in. We live in the reality that God has got our back. He is on our side. He is for you. Everything we go through, everywhere we go, the good and the bad, you may not see him, but he is there. And so maybe as we start out this whole new year of 2018, maybe this is for you is that I need to stop walking blind and I need to start opening my eyes and my heart to the Lord. Even though the enemy's coming, even though the enemies kind of want to come, come and sit with you at your table and they may, you may even start a conversation with your enemies, which is usually not a good thing, especially the enemy, Satan. Don't even get into a conversation with him. That didn't work too well for Eve. She had a conversation. Don't talk to the enemy talk to the Lord. A life with the Spirit of God is the only reality that matters. And my prayer for myself as well is that I will constantly remember that God is everywhere. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I wake up 
and I don't want to move because I know the enemy is right outside my door. I, I know that it's going to be a hard time when I go to school. I know that my parents are in a large fight and I'm not sure what's going to happen the next day. Even though I know all of these things, even though I know all this stuff, Jesus. So how do we remember that? The first thing to do is to slow down and spend time talking to him. And maybe for you, that's just five minutes a day. Put everything away, all the devices, all the books, all the noise. And maybe for you to realize that reality, just talk to him. A prayer is such a simple thing. It doesn't have to be a big, long, drawn out, beautiful worded poem. Father, I need you today. I need you in Jesus' name. That's a prayer. So there's one way that you can remember him. Another way is to get in the word as much as possible. Maybe for you that's downloading an app or something that that, that the word, the Bible is actually being read to you. Maybe you fall asleep with your earbuds in and you, you fall asleep and it's just the book of Luke just going and you're like, and you feel bad because you woke up, I fell asleep in the middle of Luke four. That's okay. That's awesome. Just get in the word. Another way to, to help us remember that God is all around us and he is with us is doing what you're doing right now is coming to a place where you are going to be filled, where you're gonna be challenged, where you can sing and you can worship, you can hang out with other people that love the Lord. We have that for you here on Wednesday, on every single Sunday. Or maybe for you, your reality is that God is nowhere in your life. Maybe you're sitting here right now and the truth is, you don't know Jesus. You've never asked him into your heart. You've never started a personal relationship with him. You've just been kind of going through the motions. You don't know what happens if you were to die today. The truth is that Jesus Christ came to earth. He died on a cross and he rose again three days later. Why? So that we can be forgiven from everything that we have ever done and everything that we're ever going to do. He died and he rose again and he is alive and he is alive in me because I have a personal relationship with him. And so maybe tonight your reality is that you are alone. And God's like, hey, I would love change your life and I want to give everybody the opportunity to ask Christ into their life and be changed forever right now with no one looking around